What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional, so please consult with them first if you're thinking of making any changes. Gang, welcome back to another episode of the Title Movement Podcast. I have got an absolute screamer of an episode lined up for you today in this episode. So it's going to be the four core fundamentals of improving your timing target range and lowering your A1C, your HbA1c. Uh, first of all, a little bit of a story that's going on with me. You always know I like to keep it real with you guys. So um, yesterday, at the time of recording this, I actually had a, a chat with kind of like a therapist, a counsellor sort of woman. And this is something I should have done a, a while ago. But I think that being a coach and, and helping other people kind of underlying in the back of my mind, I was probably thinking like... Um, I'm too good to go and speak to someone or I'm too good to go and get, get help from someone. Um, and that was me standing in my own way because I've always had um, a few underlying issues like we all have. Um, so I was like, yep, yeah, I'm on a current quest of um, kind of hard for me to talk about, but let's roll with it, see what happens. A current quest of trying to better myself. So better myself, better my physical physical self, mental health, um, to be able to show up for my clients, my friends, my family, my loved ones, and just generally be much, much happier in life. So this was part of that and getting to the root cause of some of the issues like we all got, like we all have. And the best way to do that was to, to speak to someone, but I always stood in my own way. So yesterday we was having a, a I had a chat, like an assessment sort of therapy session. And um, it, it, it brought a few things to light that I probably kind of always knew but some of them that I, I didn't know if that makes sense and it, it was hard speaking to this woman she was mega like she was mega to chat to and for for example like what one of the things I did share on my Instagram story today was um I like suffer with anxiety and also we uncovered that I get social anxiety and you may think that is weird um because i'm able to do this like over the internet and stuff like that but this is me speaking to a microphone or speaking to a phone um, or my, my Mac. But if you put me in a group of people, if I'm not having a good headspace day, I'm very quiet. I don't ask questions and I kind of don't really get involved. But if I'm having a good headspace day, I'm fucking the life and soul of the party. Yeah. And she said that's because you understand, we understand that, that socializing with people takes a lot of mental energy. So if I'm not feeling the best mentally, um, it can make me become like, well, not wanting to, to be around people, which I never really thought. And a few like things that happened over my childhood and that, which make me, because I don't really give a fuck what people think, but obviously to some degree I do for this. And she said, it's just, it's social anxiety. And I was like, no way. So we had a good chat. Um, we're, we're moving forward with things. I'm going to be like chatting to sort of a counselor, a therapist. Um, but why I'm sharing this with you, like I shared on my Instagram story, guys, is she said to me, like, it's good that you're doing a lot of stuff. And the one, the couple of things that you've got that, that are going well now is that you can see it. And I owe thanks to a lot of people in my life for trying to make me see shit. But if you don't see it yourself, then 
you, you're fucked really, aren't you? So you can see it. So you've got awareness and you've also accepted it. So you've got acceptance. And guys, I think we can all take something from that because if we're aware about some sort of problem or something that we have or if we're not happy, well, if we're aware of it and if we can accept it, then we can start to change. Then we can start to change. So that's just something that, that's been going on in my life at the minute. I want to share it with you guys because I always believe in keeping it real with you guys as well. Um, so yeah, right. Let's get into this. The four core fundamentals of lowering, well, improving your timing target range and lowering your HbA1c. So I'm going to share with you something that I do with myself and all my clients, yeah? Because I want you guys to understand this type of diabetics. If you can't get these fundamentals dialed in, I don't give a shit what testing device you're using. I don't care if you're on a pump or multiple daily injections, pens. I don't care if your pump uses basal IQ or it's a loop system, yeah? I don't care if you're doing a low-carb diet, high-carb diet, high-fat diet, the, the next cinnamon diet. I don't give a shit. If you can't nail these fundamentals then you're not going to lower your HbA1c, you're not going to improve your timing target range, you're not, you're not going to improve your health at the end of the day. So I wanted to give you these core fundamentals, yeah? This is, I've never really, um, this is something that I've never really gone on about much in a podcast before, yeah? But this is kind of the way that I work with some clients, yeah? So guys, like I said, you can try and look at technology and stuff and try and think, I need a Libra, I need a Dexcom to improve my control. Um, I can't do it with pens. I need to go on a pump. What that is doing is that's putting a bandage or a plaster over a cut that needs fucking stitches. You're just masking a problem of something that you don't understand or you're not putting the work in towards. So I'm going to give you these four core fundamentals. Guys, the first fundamental is knowing your basal rate. This is your background insulin or your basal rate if you're on a pump. Yeah, because you need to think of diabetes management like building a house. Would you build a house or would you live in a house that had shit foundations? If someone said, this this house was beautiful, yeah? This house was mega. But the foundations were shit. And over time, it was going to break. Yeah? Over time, it was going to break. This is your foundation. Your background insulin, your basal rate. This is your foundation. If you're like trying to carb count do your insulin's carb ratio do corrections and shit and your basal rates off your background insulin's off you ain't gonna know what the fuck's doing what it's just gonna get too confusing so the first fundamental is knowing your basal rate i'm gonna tell you a few scenarios of how to test it on a pump and on pens on a pump you can really dial in on this shit because pump uses short bursts of rapid acting insulin that you can change every hour if you need to on pens a little bit different so guys let's take a pump for example Right, you need to break your day into sections. You need to break your day into sections. I like to do overnight because it's, it's vital we get level overnight so we can get a good night's sleep. Overnight, morning till the afternoon. So when you wait till the afternoon, till lunchtime. Lunchtime to dinner or tea time, if, they, if you're up north like me, pal. Uh, tea time to dinner or, and dinner to bed, yeah? So we've got what? One, two, three, four, four sections there. I always like to start overnight. And here's what you're going to do. This is if you're on a pump. You're either, if you've not got a Libra or Dexcom, you're going to set your alarm to wake up at about between 2 and 4 a.m. And you're going to test your blood glucose. Yeah, you're going to test it before you go to bed. And then you're going to test it at two, two, between 2 and 4 a.m. And then you're going to test it in the morning when you wake up. And then you're going to get a pattern of if you spiked or if you stayed in range. 
Yeah, if you've got a Libra or a Dexcom, you don't need to wake up. Yoo-hoo! You don't need to fucking wake up. Um, you can just check on that and look at your graph. And for argument's sake, if I was to... I get dawn phenomenon, so I spike about 2 a.m. Yeah? So on my pump... These remember we were doing it on a pump. On my pump, I give more insulin at 12. Two hours before. Guys, this is a big thing. If you're spiking at 2 a.m. in the morning and you go and change your basal rate on your pump at 2 a.m. in the morning, that's not going to have an impact until about 3, 4 a.m. So you always need to do two hours before, yeah? It's always adjusted two hours before because insulin takes two hours to work, yeah? So we're testing the overnight first. We see what's going on. If we get a spike, find out where the spike was, go back two hours and adjust there. If you get a low, find out where the low was, go back two hours, adjust there. Once you've nailed overnight, you do the same from morning to afternoon, afternoon to dinner and dinner to bed. Yes, you're going to have to fast. Make sure you've got no rapid acting insulin on board. So it's four hours after your last meal or any rapid acting insulin. And make sure you're around your timing target range as well. So you're not having a low and like, no, I can't correct this. I'm fasting. Fuck that. Don't, don't you do that and say Tom said that <laughs> I had to fast. Yeah. Don't you go knocking yourself out from a low. Yeah. You get the gist of what I'm saying here. That's on that's on a pump. Yeah. So I hope you're taking notes on this because this is going to be a fucking scorcher of an episode, guys. And you can always listen back to it. How to test on, on pens then? Multiple daily injections, what do we do? Well, it depends on what type of insulin you're on, guys. Because I've been on Glargine and Traceba. But you see, the thing is, Traceba lasts up to 42 hours and Glargine lasts up to 24 hours. So once it's in, it's in. You can't really adjust it. There's no point in really splitting the doses that much. Um, so the best thing you can do for using Traceba or Glargine or anything that lasts over a day is make sure it's keeping you stable overnight. We want a good night's sleep. Make sure you're taking enough to keep you stable overnight. And then if you're getting spikes throughout the day, you're going to have to sort them out with rapid acting. If you're getting lows throughout the day, you're going to have to sort them out with food. That's just, that's where pump and pens differ. If you're on something like Levermere, which is only in 18 to 24 hours, some of my clients are on that. And what they do is they split the dose. So they might have X amount in the morning, X amount in the evening. So it might be like, because for argument's sake, with, with Glargine, um, like it's 24 hours, yeah? If you're getting a high throughout the night and you nail that, but then there's too much Glargine there so you're going low throughout the day, you can't really, it doesn't work that well splitting it. Whereas with Levermere, if you're getting a high throughout the night, you can take maybe a little bit more in the evening. And then if you know, you're going low throughout the day, you could take a little bit less in the morning. You're able to split things like Levermere, anything 18 to 24 hours. That's on pens, yeah? The best thing you can do is get stable over the night and then is looking to make adjustments through food and rapid acting insulin throughout the day, yeah? That's fundamental number one. That underpins everything. Fundamental number one, yeah? Guys, if this is making sense, you're watching it on the live, Stick me a fire emoji in the comments below. I want a fire emoji. Fundamental number two. Love it. Fundamental number two. Carb counting. Testing your insulin to carb ratio. Yeah? Testing your insulin to carb ratio and carb counting. The best way to carb count, guys, is use a tracking app like MyFitnessPal. Because that's just going to add everything up for you. So if you're having a mixed mixed meal, 
it's not only going to add the carbs up, it's going to tell you the protein in it and the fat in it, so you can sort your dosages out around that as well. That is, my fitness pal is absolute mega. It's something I use myself with all my clients. So, excuse me, best way to carb count is my fitness pal. You won't be using that forever, but over time, if you're using my fitness pal, you're going to be able to get a rough idea visually of the carbs in meals. Yeah. But every now and again, I still like to test myself with it to make sure my, my guesstimation of carbs is where it needs to be. So that's carb counting. Use an app like MyFitnessPal. It's just going to expand your knowledge. It's also going to let you know how much you're eating each day and what's in your food because it's not just about carbs. We know that. It's about protein and fat as well. Best way to uh, test your insulin to carb ratio. Well, you want to know what I did? I ate, I ate a very basic meal when I was first diagnosed. It's something how, how I get my clients to test. You want it around 30 grams of carbs, under 10 grams of fat. So the fat's not slowing the release of the carbs down. And probably around 10 to 20 grams of protein, yeah? 10 to 20 grams of protein. Could be a sandwich or something like that, yeah? And then me personally, I start with one unit per 10 grams of carbs. So if I'm having 30 grams of carbs, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give myself three units. Then you know what I'm going to do? This is if, if I'm in range. Then let's say we're in range. I'm going to give myself the three units for the sandwich. What I'm actually going to do is I'm going to fucking pre-bolus because insulin doesn't work straight away. Remember that, guys. So I'm probably going to pre-bolus 15 to 20 minutes before to give the insulin a chance to work. So when the food's being broken down, yeah, I'm not going to get a big spike. Pre-bolusing is key. Remember that. That's bolusing before you're eating. Give yourself enough time. Give the insulin a chance to work. Yeah, so I'm going to eat it. So I'm going to pre-bolus 15 to 20 minutes before. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to put my what I thought it was in, so my three units for myself if I'm a 1 to 10, yeah? And then two hours after, I'm going to test my blood glucose. I'm going to see where it's at. Three hours after, I'm going to test my blood glucose. I'm going to see where it's at. If I've gone high and I'm not coming back down, I probably know that I'm, I need more than a 1 to 10, yeah? If I've gone low, I probably know I'm more sensitive, so I'm going to need less than a 1 to 10. That's the best way. Keep the meal simple, low in fat, pretty low in, in, in protein and pretty low in carbs. Well, around 30 grams of carbs. You need some carbs because you're testing your fucking insulin to carb ratio, right? That's it, yeah? And keep testing. Two hours after, three hours after, four hours after, see what's going on with it. And then you can add and subtract as you need, yeah? Quick note on this, guys. It's likely to be different throughout the day. It's likely to be different throughout the day. So for me as an example... Like a lot of us, I'm less insulin sensitive when I wake up. I'm normally a two units of insulin per 10 grams of carbs in the morning. Whereas you get on later throughout the day with my lunch, I'm a one to 10. You get on in the evening, I might be a 0.8 to 10. So I've got a pump, we're able to do that. Some pens do have half units now as well. So uh, it ten, tends to happen, not with everyone, but it tends to happen. As your day goes on, as hormones decrease and you get more active, you tend to get a little bit more insulin sensitive. So don't think because you've nailed breakfast that that might be the same for lunch and dinner. It's probably not going to be the same. Probably going to need to keep an eye on it and make some adjustments, yeah? Third fundamental. Fundamental number three. Activity levels. Activity levels, yeah? Sitting on your arse all day not being active means decreased insulin sensitivity. That means more insulin. Sitting on your arse every day not being active means decreased insulin sensitivity. That means you need more insulin. Increased activity, when you get off your arse and you're fucking happy as Larry. I don't know who Larry is, but you're happy as fuck. You're moving around all the time. That means increased insulin sensitivity. Less insulin, yeah? So guys, 
quick baseline to start about moving around, walking, exercising. This is a baseline. This is what I have got clients that this doesn't happen to. But as a starting point, activities is kind of categorized into two categories. Aerobic, so that's your walking, you're running, you're biking, anything real steady. It just gets a little bit of a sweat on. You're not blowing out your ass on this shit. You just got a bit of a sweat on. Aerobic work, that tends to drop blood glucose levels because it uses glucose. It uses glucose, so it tends to drop blood glucose levels. Anaerobic. Anaerobic is high-intensity shit <clears throat> and weight training, training at the gym, high-intensity interval training, sprints, crossfit, things like that. That tends to cause a spike in glucose levels because it's very demanding on the body. It's like shit, man, to your body. Give me energy. And where does that come from? Stress hormones and the liver pushing out glucose. So we've got the two forms. We've got aerobic, steady shit, tends to drop. We've got anaerobic, weight training, hardcore shit. Gets your heart rate up. Makes you lie on the ground after you've finished thinking, what the fuck's my life? That tends to spike you. Guys, with aerobic work, if you're on a pump, you may need to set a temporary basal rate. But remember what I said about your basal when you're basal testing two hours before. Same when you're exercising. Sometimes if you're going into an exercise and you set a temp basal on there and then, and then you're wondering why you're getting a fucking spike two hours after, there you go. You need to think on your feet with this and plan ahead. So you need to set a temp basal around two hours before you're going to actually do your exercise, before you're going to go on your walk. Adjust it two hours before. The thing about this diabetes shit, dude, like insulin doesn't work straight away, unfortunately. So if it's aerobic and it's dropping you, you may need to set a temp basal if you're if you're on pump. If you're on pens, and we know that that Traceba lasts up to 42 hours or that Glargine to 24 hours, it's very hard to change that. So it's probably best the change is done with food. So you have a small snack, spike your level slightly, knowing that the activity is going to use that glucose and drop you naturally. If you're on something like Levermere, 18, 24 hours, um, personally, you could decrease the one with your morning, yeah? You could decrease your morning one because you know, hey, I'm going to be more active. I'm probably going to drop low. I might just decrease my morning one. Something you could try. Guys, with anaerobic shit, this is the shit that I said that leaves you on your back. Wondering what the fuck is going on with your life and why you just did it, yeah? If this spikes you, basic, you're probably going to need a small bolus of rapid acting insulin before you start. A small bolus, start small. I started at a unit just to see what would happen. Small, start small, you can always add, can't take away. Start small. That's it, activity levels. Four fundamental, guys. This is the last one. This is the last fundamental of improving your timing target range, lowering your HbA1c, and fucking dominating your diabetes control. Four fundamental. This is the one where so many people fail because they do the first three fundamentals and they think they've got everything correct and they're like, oh, I'm out of range, I'm getting highs, I'm getting lows, this is shit, this doesn't work, yadi yadi, why me, all that nonsense. So the fourth fundamental, constant re-evaluation. Constant re-evaluation. Guys, it's not just set it and forget it. Unfortunately, you could nail your basal rate and your insulin to carb ratio and some shit like I'm going to say in a minute could, could throw a spanner in the works and your lifestyle could change, things could change. And you need to reevaluate it. You need to go in 
Stop whinging and saying, oh, I've loads of highs and lows, yeah? Stop whinging, go in and reevaluate it because you should have been taking data for all this. Take notes, get data. So constant reevaluation. Guys, I've had this 13 years now, not as long as some people, but you know what? If I'm more active, if I get a couple of workouts in, I'm more active on the bike, or if I become slightly much of a lazy bastard, or if I decide I'm going off the fucking rails and I'm being a dickhead with food because I hold my hands up, sometimes it happens with me for, for a few days or a week. I need to go into my insulin pump and adjust my basal rate and probably adjust my insulin to carb ratio. So it's constant reevaluation. Here's a few examples of things that you may need to make adjustments for. If you lose weight, if you lose weight, there's less of you. You're utilizing glucose better, which means more lows, which means less insulin because you're more insulin sensitive. Gaining muscle. If you gain muscle, there's a high chance that you're going to have to make some adjustments to your basal rate and maybe your insulin to carb ratio. Women, my girls, time of the month. You guys know this. Well, you girls, you ladies, you women, you, you women know this. You know when it's the time of the month, diabetes is a fucking twat. You know that, yeah? So this is when you're going to have to make adjustments. Sickness. What about when we get ill? What about when we get ill? We're going to have to make adjustments. Temporary basal increase and stuff. I had COVID a few weeks ago. I had to bump my basal rate up to 150 grams. 150 grams, thinking fucking carbs now. 150%. 150% increase on my basal rate. Because I was ill, yeah? And then a change in your, your routine, changing, you work in shifts, you've got different shift work, you're going on holiday, your lifestyle changes, yeah? A change in your routine will mean a change and a reevaluation and a change in the way that you're managing your diabetes and those fundamentals. So guys, quick summary, the four key fundamentals of improving your timing target range and lowering your HbA1c and just fucking dominating your diabetes. Fundamental number one, Basal rates, knowing your basal rate, fundamental, remember that's the foundation of everything, anything else doesn't mean shit if you ain't getting that right, fundamental number two, carb counting and testing your insulin to carb ratio, fundamental number three, activity levels, fucking move guys, fundamental number four, constant re-evaluation, we all have to go through it, remember like, you can do the next best diet, cinnamon fucking bun diet. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Cinnamon diet. <laughs> uh, have the best testing device. Have a basal IQ loop system. Be on a pump, be on a pens. It doesn't matter if you don't understand these core fundamentals. If you don't understand these core fundamentals. Guys, that's just about it. I do want to say, guys, I have a couple of spots left to help two type 1 diabetics improve their glucose control. You'll be working with me personally. If this is something that you want help with, just reach out to me and DM me with Dominate Diabetes. So I know what episode it's come from. I know it's come from one of you guys. DM me with Dominate Diabetes and we'll have a chat and we'll see if I can help you. Guys, if you got value from this episode, please leave me a rating and a review on the podcast app um, just because it really helps me promote the show. And also... Give us a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Tag me at tap1 underscore Tom so I can reach out and say, hey, I fucking love you. I appreciate you. Thanks very much. Guys, I'm going to jump off. But again, I love every single one of you. I know I come at you with some tough shit sometimes, but it's because I love, appreciate and fucking care about this community. 
and you as well listening to this. So guys, thank you very, very much for taking your time out of the day, your day to listen to this. I appreciate you and I will catch you all in the next one. Peace.